Back in on Canuck Central this hour, brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lp.brevo.com slash Canada for a smart demonstration. Um, some texts coming in. Stamkos doesn't move the needle? Your gauge is broken. What? What happened? Did somebody say Stamkos doesn't move the needle? Do people... Uh, I, I never said that. <laughs> no, that's what, I'm like, did somebody say this? I, I said uh, a lot of the trade targets that you m- might see mentioned out there, they don't really move the needle for me. I personally just don't think Steven Stamkos is getting traded, so that's yeah. that's why his name doesn't really register. No, and I, now he's a guy that if you trade for, you could probably sign for a few years, potentially, depending yeah. on what else you, you do or whatever. But yeah, it's like, why would they trade their captain? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are they there yet as an organization? I'm not quite sure. Uh, they are 45 points, 42 games. So yeah, it hasn't been a great year for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they're also still a team that's very much in the thick of the playoff race. Currently have a playoff spot, though they've played more games than any other team in the National Hockey League with 42 to this point. So, uh, I'll believe it when I see it, if Stamkos is actually somebody that ends up on the trade market. Uh, we have uh, producer Josh Elliott Wolf to start overrated, underrated today. Hit the music. Uh, so, Josh, who's Hello. your name? Overrated, underrated trade target. You've been uh, oh. scouring the cap friendly pages, team roster pages. Just like all of us. Yes. We're all sickos. Yes. Um, I'm all aboard the Casey Middle stat train. Right. Okay. He's on the Casey Middle stat But also, Nick, we're, we're Nick just Schmaltz. like making it up that a 25 year old <laughs> two way centerman that leads his team in scoring is going to be available yeah. in trade, right? If you believe it hard enough, <laughs> it will happen. Yeah. But also, uh, Nick Schmaltz and Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich. Buchnevich is the guy I like on the wing, has another year. But I don't know about Schmaltz. Is he also going to be available? Like, why would why would the Coyotes trade him? He's See, been really all, good. All three of those teams, though, are both on like. Well, Buffalo yeah. a little less, but they're all kind of around the playoff picture. But I think if Arizona and St. Louis fall out of it, yeah. then those guys go. Well, I mean, they're going to need some stars to sell in the new city they're going to be playing in next year. Oh, very well said. Uh, <laughs> I, I, is Nick Schmaltz a star? <laughs> Hold on. What are we selling here? Well, what else do they have? Yeah. Like Nick Bugstad? Come on. Uh, I, I, I do believe though, you know. Uh, I do believe it with uh, the St. Louis Blues, where Doug Armstrong in the past has traded even when he's in a playoff uh, race, so to speak. So uh, it wouldn't be out of his track records. It wouldn't be uh, out of the norm for him to do something like that. But anyways, overrated, underrated, let's get to it. Uh, The first one, Ernest, trading away potential UFAs before the playoffs. Overrated or underrated? Well, I mean, underrated because you have options. Not that you want to take advantage of all of them. Yeah. But you have some really underrated values. So if you wanted to get like creative, right? Like we mentioned before, let's say that you want to add a forward and a defenseman. Well, you could move one of your defensemen who is going to be UFA, whether it's a guy you just acquired as a door off, whether it's Myers, both would have some value, right? Yeah. You could move them if you wanted to. And up front, not that, not that you would do it. But, I mean, you could flip a Dakota Joshua if you really want. Not that you would do it. Again, like UFA, I'm just talking about values. I yeah, think they're underrated yeah, yeah. assets. Now, I don't think they're going to move a lot of them. You know, like that that's the thing. So they're underrated in terms of practicality, actually executing trades on them. Probably less likely. The idea of the Canucks trading away one of their unrestricted free agents is 
it, it's hard for me to see that happening. I'll say that much. Mm. Um, I could see a D-man if they're, if, like, again, if they can get Tanda, for instance, mm-hmm. an example. I'm just giving you an example. You, you've got a, you'd have to probably move Myers first or somebody just to, to get the money off the book so that way you can go out and, and acquire Tanev, but... Or just Zadorov. Again, they went out and got Zadorov. Could they flip him in a couple of months? I guess if the fit just like feels like it's it's not really there, then maybe you say, yeah, you know, we tried. We like the player, but there just wasn't really a fit here. And but again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying. It just seems unlikely. So I would say overrated because that would it would definitely be something that is outside of what we've seen Vancouver what we've seen in Vancouver Canucks history. This one from Fused Asteroid trading for Trevor Zegras. Overrated or underrated? Overrated. Yeah, I have to agree, overrated. Um I, I think for Vancouver overrated. I think for a different team it could be underrated. Yeah. But just for their situation. Like it's like you have to trade some big assets, and you're doing it for a bit of a project. Mm-hmm. I am, uh, I'm out on selfish players, Sat. Oh wow, poor Trevor Zegers. I mean, is he selfish? He's got a bit of a reputation. He's young enough that he can he can still develop and mature a little bit. But I just, you know, I have I have a hard time getting behind that. We've we've seen enough that, uh, you know, you've got to do some sacrificing to be able to play winning hockey. And I'm not sure Trevor Zegras has learned that lesson yet. Yet is the operative yeah. word. Yeah, it's fair. Chef Swagger, load management in the NHL, overrated or underrated? Uh, underrated. Doesn't happen enough. The Canucks have the luxury with seven defensemen that are very capable yeah. with the way Noah Juleson has come along. And the fact that they're sitting um, with 57 points on the season, they can a load manage a few of their defensemen, and they did, they did that with Ian Cole. I, I love the idea. I think the idea is underrated. I just, because of the way NHL rosters are constructed, it's not all that realistic. I, I mean, they're I, doing I, it right now. I mean, yeah, they did it with Ian Cole. Yeah. Um, are you going to be sitting JT Miller for a game? No. And Maybe near the end of the year if you, you aren't know. fighting for position. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll sit JT Miller so that we can play Linus Carlson. I, I don't know. Probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I guess when, you know, rosters expand a little bit towards the end of the regular season, you can do a little bit more of it. But for the most part, it's it's very hard to do given the NHL roster restrictions. I do think load management for players like Ian Cole or like older guys who you know you're going to need in the playoffs who aren't superstars, I think that's under. Yeah. Uh, next one from Austin in Langley, extending Tyler Myers at over three million dollars per year. Uh, I'd say thank you for <laughs> five years in Vancouver. A lot of fun, a lot of chaos, and uh, proud of how you found your game and regained your game in, in your final season in Vancouver. Uh, I wish you all the luck in your future endeavors and all the money you're making elsewhere. What if I said it to you this way, Seth? A right-shot defenseman who plays 20 minutes a night on the penalty kill is six foot eight, can bear down the wing and rip a slap <laughs> shot at 94 <laughs> miles an hour and yeah. beat Ilya Sorokin clean, one of the best goalies in the league. Would you be interested in this player at over $3 million? 
if you put it that, that way, it's usually you say yes, right? Like, so I get it. I get what you're saying. But the journey with Tyler Myers is, is seldom so simple, right? And, you know, for, for all the good we're seeing, we're also seeing the, the valleys. There's a peak. There's also a valley. Yeah, and there yeah. are many valleys with the journey you, you take with Tyler Myers, right? Uh, now, I will say this. Like, for people dismissing him as even consideration, like, you know, I mentioned, you know, something like, hey, would you do it for two and a half million? And maybe they would just dismiss that as being dis- disrespectful or whatever. But that's a number I think, yeah, for me, I'd, it'd be a no-brainer. So you only make a 2.5, like whatever, yeah. great. He can make a lot more than that elsewhere. My, Myers is still going to be worth four million bucks. Yep. Like Radko Gudis got four million bucks. How does Tyler Myers not get four yeah, million? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe slightly less. Yeah, but it's it's three and a half to four million. That's the range, right? That's kind of the range he finds himself in. Higher cap too next year. And there are no righties. And honestly, like, you look at his production. Like he's he's not too far off what Drew Doughty is doing this year offensively. And you look at you know where the points are coming from. He gets to the end of the year, he's on pace for like thirty-two points. Yeah. If he hits thirty points as a righty defenseman. That you know, believe it or not, as a right-hand defenseman, that kind of ranks in the in the top uh, half mm-hmm. of production for righty defensemen in the league, which is pretty astounding because there's so few of them. So there's a real scarcity to what he brings. It's just I don't want to get into it too late <laughs> into the 30s, you know. He has uh, he has played a lot better in a more structured environment. Like I, I'd rather just hey, let's be like thanks. Yeah. Go, go and do your thing. And if I'm signing a guy for say three to four million for two years, even I'd rather do Tanev. Yes. And he's a righty as well, right? I mean, I'd rather do that in the offseason. Uh, I am 100% there with you. So, yes, even despite my best efforts to provide an argument otherwise, it is still overrated. Next one from Tim. The slumping power play, overrated or underrated? Oh, I mean, the it's... power play is now underrated because uh, it's played so bad for so long that uh, people are starting to doubt that this power play can be really good. Yeah, I think I think the power play. If that's the biggest concern you have with the team right now, I'm not too worried because we know they can be and will be a lot better than what they've been so. We mean the past like 20 games at yeah. least. What's like? What's the fix? Is it just getting hot, getting a couple of goals, and then you know they'll start flowing in eventually? They had a few more chances last night, but still just hasn't felt as dangerous mm-hmm. as it was earlier in the season. I'm not sure I love the idea of Pedersen playing in the bumper either, but I think you're mixing things up, trying to get them going. I don't mind. The movement has to kind of get back to it. Um, and, and a big part of it, I think, is just kind of you go through some ups and downs, and it's really hard for you to click on everything on your team game. And, like, a lot of things are clicking for the Canucks right now. Next. Next one is Woodrow. Scheduled losses. Overrated or underrated? I think this whole concept of guaranteed result is completely overrated in a game where there's so much variance and luck and um, complete unpredictability involved. So I do think a lot of the notion of, oh, guaranteed, you know, schedule loss and all that, I think it's a bit overstated. I do believe that, of course, it makes it harder. Like if you're playing, you know, your fourth game and and six nights is on the road and you travel for three of those games, of course, like you're going to be more tired. That's going to be a really tough game for you. But I don't I don't view it as a guaranteed loss. The Canucks have been, what, 500? They're 3-2-1 and one in the six games they've played on the second half of a back-to-back. What is one of the things that Rick Tockett said earlier in the year? We have to learn how to play tired. Like, mm-hmm. the NHL schedule is the same for everybody. You could argue it's maybe worse sometimes for a team out on the West Coast like the Vancouver Canucks because of all the travel. Um 
I was trying to be nice about it, it Sat. It is. You, you know. Yeah, I get like, it. I'm, I'm trying to provide a, a fair argument. Okay, okay. Trying to make it as, as, as much of an even argument across the land, and you're just <laughs> here just being like, no, it's it's definitely worse. It is worse, I'm just saying, but I get what you're saying. Okay, it's you're worse right. for the Canucks. It is. But, hey, you, you have to live with that. You it's, have to find a way to overcome it. And you got to learn how to play tired. Did yeah. they, they not show that maybe they've started to learn how to play tired? We talk about the Devils. Devils were awful on Saturday. Yeah. And that was the second half of a back-to-back. It was the third game in four nights. Yeah, they've had some injuries, so their roster was significantly depleted. But they, they didn't have travel on mm-hmm. top of it. They were just playing at home yeah. both, of those, both of those days, Friday and Saturday. And they looked like dog bleep against the Vancouver Canucks. They're 1-7-1 in their second halves of back-to-back games this year. They give up nearly five goals a game in those ones. It comes down to how do you play as a team and can you find a way to create a create an environment that will help you or give you a better chance to be successful when you're not playing at 100%. Mm, yeah. And I think that's what the better teams do when they when they uh, have more success on the second half of back-to-back. Schedule losses, that's a loser mentality. Get it out of here. Overrated. All right. Next one. Dave, the All-Star game, overrated or underrated? I mean, it's all overrated, of course. I mean, nothing really matters in the All-Star game. I loved the All-Star game as a kid. Yo, it's great. Yeah, for you guys, I mean, yeah, have fun. Enjoy it. Yeah. No problem. I think it's so hated on. It's like Nickelback. It's It's now underrated. It's now underrated. Yeah. Uh, Like, my favorite, I always loved the skills comp more than I did the actual game. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite events to watch every year is still the accuracy shooting. Mm-hmm. I can do more with the accuracy shooting than some of the, the gimmicky stuff they've started to bring in the last couple of years, and we'll see what they end up doing this year. I love the idea of making the skills comp uh, more competitive this year, putting money on the line and having you know the 12 players that they're going to choose, how they're going to choose them. I mean, good luck because, yeah, somebody's gonna some good players are going to get left out. But it's that to me is always the best part of it when you can truly put the player's skill on display and I don't know if you do that in the actual game because it just like feels like shinny sometimes right Mm. and guys aren't actually defending so that I kind of get lost on a little bit but you know as Tiger left Nike they, they were going through like some of the best commercials Tiger's done, and there's one where he's just like shooting balls at broken windows, and he's like breaking all the windows, and you, you learn about the commercial. It's like, he did this, one take, and every shot is real. That's unreal. It's and unreal. you're like, how? <laughs> he's shooting high, he's shooting low, he's shooting left, he's shooting right. It's, and it's, it's those types of things that really show the difference in class. And I, there are some of these skills competition events that do put that on display for these players. It's just, you know, sometimes you felt like the players aren't that into it for whatever reason, and it doesn't come off the way that it used to come off. But I'm I'm hopeful this year that it will be better on the All-Star game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching and seeing the wrinkles. I'm interested in those sort of things. But overall, overrated. I'm not taking anything away from these okay. things. They need to put me out there so that people can know just how bad the below-average hockey player is. Yeah, so you can see yourself and be like, this is what I would look like. If like, you remember the Nike commercial yeah. where Ronaldinho just, like, hits the crossbar for, yeah. like, 10 minutes? <laughs> is that real? It is. Is it actually real? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyways. Next one. 
Basketball fail. The Seahawks now vacant coaching job. Overrated or underrated? Uh, I mean, underrated. Good organization that's going to let somebody go in there and uh, build a program. Yeah, Schneider's a good GM, knows how to put pieces together. Their drafting's been up and down at times. But they do have some good pieces. They have some young guys as well. They have some cap space coming up. It's, it's, a, it's a decent situation. I'd say I, I'd lean uh, underrated, lean underrated. I feel like they are, especially on defense, a more talented team than they showed yeah. this year. Uh, maybe, you know, that's the, the youthful side of their defense that was showing through the course of the season. I know a lot of people were waiting a long time for uh, Pete Carroll to get the axe. And you know, I know there are people out there that are you know, longer Seahawks fans than I've been a Seahawks fan. I just, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Mm. You know, when you know you've got a great option, it is hard to part ways with that. And for as much as Pete did some things that not everybody agreed with, still a great option when you look at some of the issues and warts that NHL coaches or NFL coaches have had around the league. Like look at the, the LA charges, which is where maybe P Carroll ends up in the not in mm. so, so distant future. But we all thought a couple of years ago, Brandon Staley was the, the best thing since sliced bread. Look at this guy. He's like yeah. got all these analytics and he's going for it on fourth down. He's then, so articulate. Yeah. And then, like two years later, we're like, wow, this guy's a mark. Yeah, he does not know what he's doing. <laughs> he's very confused. Uh, you know, Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett with the <laughs> with the Denver Broncos not that long ago. I mean, you go through the list, like a lot of these guys that seem like they are surefire great head coaches or going to be great head coaches end up falling flat on their face. And so is the grass always greener on the other side? I feel like you're, prob- you're more likely to be, be in for – a turbulent future if you're a Seahawks fan than you are uh, with what you've gotten used to under Pete Carroll. There's only a handful of guys across the league that have tenures like that. You look at Tomlin, Belichick, of course, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now you're looking at Pete Carroll, who's gone. And he's a great, he, he was great at getting buy-in. A great mm-hmm. man-manager, so to speak. I think that's the biggest thing for head coaches these days. Yeah. Honestly, like... Guys know how to play. How are you managing guys? How are you communicating with them? How are you communicating the game plan to them? Uh, maybe no better example than uh, Bruce Boudreau versus Rick Tockett here in Vancouver. JL, going for ice cream in the winter, overrated or underrated? Oh, so underrated. It's, yeah. not even, it's, it's funny how underrated ice cream in the winter is. <laughs> like, I think I have more ice cream in winter than I do in the summer. Same. Uh, that's yeah. a, I have more ice really? cream in the winter. Yeah, for that's sure. a little excessive, 100%. I think. Why is that excessive? I mean, just like I, I would have more in the summer than I do in the winter. But I do, I do think it's underrated. It's a spot. I don't know what it is about having something cold when it's cold. It's just like really nice. <laughs> I definitely think you guys are overrating this this idea of ice cream in the winter. Like ice cream is fine any time of the year. I'm not disputing this. But it's always better in the summer. You're always hard, better in the your summer. Your heart is not in it. But then it's You're like melting it's and it gets kind of like, ugh. Yeah, you know what? Hassle how often bit. in the summer have you had an ice cream and then afterwards you're, you're kind of like really thirsty, <laughs> right? And you're kind of like, uh, you're not, you know what I mean? sluggish. A little you sluggish afterwards or whatever. Stuff. You know, like you, you save it for late. You have an ice cream in the wintertime? Man, it's like fuel. I don't, know. I don't like, think it is. Are you ever craving gelato in the, in the winter? I'm not. Yes. Like, I'm not. If it's a, you know, 27 degrees, beautiful sunny day and I'm out for a walk... In the summer, a hundred percent, I am craving gelato, a nice, uh, 
A nice blizzard from from DQ maybe. See, I went I, to, I went to DQ summer, last yeah. night. Well, you did. I literally went last night. Yeah. I was like, I want an ice cream right now. You know what I always wondered, like with some of the DQs, why do they promote that they're open until five a.m.? It's like, what do you do between like five and nine a.m. or ten a.m.? Well, you you got to use some time for cleaning. Why not just be know? open twenty four hours? Like I don't know. Because then you're like McDonald's and your <laughs> ice cream <laughs> machine's broken half the time. We don't make sure. our staff come in all, in all hours of the night. <laughs> Open till 5 a.m. Well, like, I don't know. <laughs> Who's the person hour. that's up between 4 and 5 a.m. that wants to go to DQ? Whoever, the, whoever that is is just <laughs> pumped. Yeah. yeah. See, uh, athletes eat fat in the winter, Sat. See, see yeah, you have lots of your, your, your look ice at us. cream load Look at us go. Look at us go. Look at us, Ben. Look at us. And this, this text, more ice cream in the winter? That's just stupid. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Some I do cooler like ice heads cream prevail. In the winter, but in the summer is better. Look, it's ice better. cream is delicious. It's it's never really bad. Yeah, I don't just, I don't think it's, it's just it's just definitely not as good in the winter as it is in the summer. That's fair. I agree. Uh, Next one. Right. We'll end with this one. Mustard sports, going south to north with your towel. Overrated or underrated? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> going south to north. Overrated with your towel. Oh, I, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of a north to south guy. Yeah, I, 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 I usually start north and yeah. work my way down. Usually, <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> I I always start north. I don't know why. I've never thought about this. To be quite well, quite you do want to you, you want to start north because like yeah. you have more. You don't want like the water to keep dripping down. You start yeah. below, and then you're gonna get wet as the water drips down. Right? You gotta yeah. start up top and then work your way down. I generally always start with drying my hair. Yeah, because mm. you know that's the most porous. There's yeah. more water le- leaking out of your head if you don't. Get out of it. And then you gotta like bend over over the bath mat to like reach your like <laughs> bottom half of your legs yes. and stuff, and are, then yeah. you're dripping on the floor. Are you a step on the tub to dry guy, or do you like bend over to dry guy? I like uh, step up in the tub, but my uh, leg up is a lot easier doing that. I'm uh no, I no. just I just bend over. It's fine <laughs> for like bottom half of the legs. I never think about this stuff. No. Neither do I. No, never thought I about this. Never really thought about it. Someone's like, you mean like towel flossing? Question mark. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's uh, that's it for overrated or underrated. Your build shows, Richo. <laughs> what, what does that even mean? I'm the guy that doesn't like ice cream in the winter. I, I think what he's trying to say is like if you have, you know, you load up in the summer, t- in the winter time, right? Yeah. And then like you cut down in the summer. Yeah. And then you get like, to your winter weight. Yeah, you get to your winter weight. You bulk up, and then you cut down in the summer. Okay. You don't have as many of those things. I think yeah. that's what he's alluding to. I think it's unfair. I mean, Richo's been in the gym, looking good. Uh, yes. I, I have been. Thank you for noticing. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's uh, Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. Uh, Bick will be in for me tomorrow, and so uh, you'll have Bick. Oh and yeah, you got Sat. a big, uh, you got a big wig tomorrow, man. Uh, Look I at am, you go. I am honored to be on the committee that selects the athletes of the year for Sport BC. So it, yes, I, 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 I am. Uh, Otherwise occupied tomorrow. Uh, Does that even make sense? Otherwise occupied? occupied? I don't know about that. Is that I a word? Occupied. 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 Yeah, I, occupied. So. I believe so as well. But you you currently have You entire... made me want to sound like super smart, so I made up a word. <laughs> <laughs> you have entirely too much power right now. <laughs> I am otherwise occupied tomorrow. So enjoy a Canuck Central edition with Sat and Big Nazar and the game with the Pittsburgh Penguins. For producers Ben and Josh, my co-host Sat, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Canuck Central.